Welcome to In The Trenches, where entrepreneurs, artists, writers, designers, inventors, warriors, and leaders share their stories of doing the hard, creative work that impacts all of our lives. Let the journey inspire you to do something worthwhile, build something bold, and create your life's work. And now, your host, Tom Morgus. Welcome back, everyone, to another broadcast of In the Trenches. I'm really excited to have on the call today Ben Green, who is the author of The Global Superstar, How Your Students Can Develop an Advantage Over Global Competition. And I think in a world that's uh, becoming increasingly aware of global competition, it's been there for a while, but I think the awareness of it and the awareness of uh, kind of the changes in the economy, especially when we think about like automation and machinery and stuff like that and outsourcing, I think what an important topic this is, not just uh, for students, but for adults. But again, tying this, you know, bring this back to, to Ben and his book, the focal point of his book and kind of his platform is about teaching this to the younger generation. They're going to, they're going to grow up in this. So while maybe many of us have experienced this, uh, you know, again, how do students, how do kids who are growing up uh, adapt to this type of environment. So I'm super excited to have Ben on the call today to kind of to discuss these matters. So Ben, thank you so much for being on the call with us today. Thank you. Uh, it's a pleasure to be on the call. Absolutely. So before we dig into the book, uh, tell me a little bit about your background uh, and, and, and how this book came about. Yep. So I was born, uh, born and raised for the most part in South Carolina and uh, spent some time in college in Atlanta, Georgia, and a really good friend of mine was uh, traveling around a lot for the 1996 Olympics to try to qualify. And he kept telling me about all these awesome places overseas he was visiting. So I really took a look into living overseas and, and working overseas. And that's what kind of got me started. And I subsequently lived in Japan for a total of eight years. I lived in Spain for a year and lived in Brazil for a year as well. And then I also, when I returned to South Carolina, I did a lot of recruitment for the South Carolina Department of Commerce and got to see these you know, amazing global companies that were actually coming to the United States and also understanding what types of skill sets were necessary for, for, you know, for, for people uh, all around the, the country to, to actually get jobs at these companies. Um, and so between my experience overseas where I've seen uh, and, and just faced a lot of competition um, and my, first of all, my, my English teaching days and then later on in, in my management and sales days, um, and then being back in the States and seeing the type of competition that, that is happening and seeing people get displaced all the time uh, from their jobs and get displaced from their, their industries because of changes in technology and just the advancements that are being made. Um, I put all that together and decided to, to write a book about it and, and really help the, the younger generation and also some of their parents understand how they can compete better and compete uh, more successfully and also make sure that they didn't. Uh, reinvent the wheel every time they're trying to figure out how to how to really take advantage of the opportunities that are out there. Okay, awesome. So, I guess my question is why why a book? Um, I guess that's the first question I'm going to start with. Why did you decide that this was a message that would be best served in book format? Yes. So it's it's over the course of the last 15 years, I've probably given about 40 speeches to middle school students, high school students, and college students, and even some grad students and their parents. And uh, I, I've written probably individually around a thousand emails explaining like how I went to Japan, because people always want to know how I went to Japan, how I worked in Japan, 
you know, how'd you get to Spain? Um, and, you know, how'd you live in Brazil and work in Brazil? And so I've been able to have a lot of those individual and even those group interactions. But um, I felt like putting all that information, all that knowledge into one, into a book where folks can access it from anywhere in the world and they can access it over and over again and really dig in deeply to some of the research that I provide, I felt was the biggest way to have an impact and really help educate as many people as possible. Okay, great. So now I, I'm curious about this. Like why, like just to start from, I guess the baseline here, why is global competition even relevant? Um, why should we even be, why should we really even care about it? If, especially if maybe the person is like a, you know, a small business owner, um, somebody who's more tied to, well, you know, quote unquote, a local economy um, and, and, or again, students who aren't necessarily thinking, you know, in an in international perspective or are maybe considering something like that too, is, is global competition relevant? Tom, that's a great question. So I guess on the good side, actually, it's relevant because there are a lot of international companies. There are a lot of foreign companies right in your backyard. Um, so whether you're in Colorado or whether you're in Washington state, whether you're in South Carolina, Georgia, or in the Midwest, the United States is the number one country in the world to receive foreign direct investment. So there are a lot of opportunities for people to work at both foreign companies and domestic companies and, and you know, compete against other people in the world and really benefit from the global economy. So that's that's kind of the good news. And that's a reason why people should be uh, aware of all these opportunities on the on the flip side. You've had I mean, it's, it's very easy to see even in tech companies. Um, just yesterday, I saw numbers on people being laid off, like 30,000 people being laid off from Intel and from HP and from all these other tech companies. Um, and it happens in all types of industries around, around, the, around the country and around the world where people thought they were in really stable uh, jobs um, or they thought they were in stable industries or, or in stable businesses. And you either have other competitors come into the marketplace and disrupt their market or you have technology come into the marketplace and really, you know, up in the entire industry and people find themselves out of a job. And sometimes they're able to, you know, land on their feet because they have some good skills or they have good connections. But a lot of times you, you see people never return to the types of opportunities they had before and the type of income they had before. So this is, uh, unless you're a millionaire mm -hmm. um, and unless you're, unless your kids are already set up to become millionaires and be financially independent, you know, when they when they uh, get out of school, you really do have to think about and be aware of all the competition that that's going to be facing you as you go forward. Okay, cool. So I think the next question, and this leads into it pretty well, is understanding that it's important kind of across the board. How do we actually prepare, and specifically in the context of of children, like and and students, like you know, where whatever grade you want to start with, through probably through college. Um, how how does somebody like that who's maybe going through high school or going through college or maybe even younger actually start to prepare in this context? What are the things to look at? How do they approach this? That's a great question. So I, I can I, I can give you a personal example now because I have a, a six and a half month old and that, that's been a it's been a challenge of mine. And so what we're doing with her right now, just to take it from the bottom, is uh, we're we're talking to her a lot and we're trying to read to her as much as possible and expose her to as, as many things as possible. 
And as she goes through elementary school and middle school, of course, we want her to have a, a good array of courses that she's going through. But we're also going to make sure that she's taking a foreign language or two. Um, for her, I want her to take probably French, uh, Spanish, and I would say either Japanese or Chinese, one of the Asian languages. Um, we would pick French because she's going to be able to spend some time in Canada because my wife is Canadian. Um, and then outside of that, I also want her to be, you know, uh, well-rounded. So I want her to be able to participate in some extracurricular activities like, uh, you know, like playing sports, but also things like participating in the United Nations um, and some of those, or maybe like the debate team, for example, because that will build a lot of her speaking skills and some of her presentation skills, which are really important. And it'll also build some of her uh, persuasion and, and sales skills. So those are some of the things that I want her to develop as she goes from elementary school to middle school to high school. And then uh, when you get in, when she gets into college, I will encourage her and, and probably even during later latter part of high school, I would encourage her to, to take a look at, you know, some of her interests and then try to find internships that are based on those interests and, and, you know, see if she can get experience with larger companies or smaller companies, or maybe even try her own entrepreneurial venture and, 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 you know, see if she can put it together and see how she can uh, research it. And so, there are a lot of different ways for, for people to um, really develop their skills over the course over the course of years. But the baseline is that you need a baseline of education in terms of reading, um, arithmetic, uh, et cetera. But then beyond that, you do need to develop, if you can, negotiation skills, some sales skills, some presentation skills. You need to be able to uh, work collaboratively with, with other people and with other teams and diverse teams of people. And uh, you need a, a really a really good um, really good uh, mastery in, in English, you know, written, written and reading um, and spoken. And it's also good to have a really good uh, mastery of, of basic math so that you can uh, do numbers in your head and you can, you know, put together deals in your head. And so those are those are a lot of the different types of skills that I think will be necessary going forward to, to have an advantage over the, the other competition that's out there for these jobs and entrepreneurial opportunities. I think the next question is, uh, for me at least, I'm curious if there's like a particular set of, uh, you know, things we should focus on when it comes to like, again, you know, student or child development, certain things that are the most applicable to make somebody competitive in the space. You mentioned language. I'm curious if, if you have like a construct or a certain number of things that we need to look at and implement uh, from a uh, young age to actually be competitive. The most important thing is having a really good command of the English language. So whether it's spoken, written, or reading things like reading contracts, for example, being able to, to have a really good command of English is, is the most important thing, I would say. Um, second to that are things like basic math skills where you can do math in your head or come up with you know, simple equations in your head to be able to think, uh, think on the fly um, and, and really think of deals um, while you're there at, you know, at a customer site or where, while you're negotiating something. Um, negotiation skills, uh, whether you practice them or whether you read about them um, or whether you learn them in a classroom are also really helpful because everyone everywhere is always negotiating everything. And then um, in addition to that, sales skills or some sales experience, I think is really important going forward because the closer you can be to the money, if you will, in terms of either helping to produce revenue for your company or, or for, you know, your, obviously your entrepreneurial venture, um, or at least being able to understand how that revenue is produced, the better off you'll be as a, as a, 
I guess, being a, being a stable employee and being a, an employee that's safe in the company. Um, the other thing uh, going forward that, that's been really important as the, the world becomes more uh, diverse and, and, and more um, interconnected, being able to work with diverse sets of people and being able to collaborate with people from all, all over and from all walks of life is really important. So um, th- those, those, I would say, are the, the most important sk- skill sets to have. So I'm curious, like in the there's a certain, you know, again, in the U.S., I'm curious if taking the the traditional route, then like whatever's kind of put in front of you, especially like in, in public schools or even even in private, if you're just kind of following uh, the, you know, the basic structure they have set up, mm-hmm. are we at an immediate disadvantage then? Just like because you mentioned some things that I don't think are necessarily really handled um, in high school, unfortunately, uh, or, or necessarily in college. So I would say that we're we're absolutely um, on average we're at a disadvantage in terms of what we may learn in the states from kind of the the basics of of language and math, for example, and and science, for example. But where we're at an advantage in the United States is that we do on average teach more students to be creative or be more innovative or think more for themselves. That's that's something that they don't do that well in, let's say, India or in China or when I was teaching in Japan, that, you know, we, we that was like something we were trying to teach them, trying to teach the students, but it, it's not traditionally taught like it is in the U.S. To, to do more creative writing or do more critical thinking on your own. So we're, we're at a disadvantage on some of the basics. We're at an advantage in terms of some of the presentation skills and some of the creative uh, writing and maybe some of the critical thinking skills, um, but but I think overall, Tom, you're absolutely right. A lot of a lot of these topics aren't really covered in high school or in college, for that matter. And I, for example, did not you know take any like sales training um, and have great sales experience until I got out of college. I didn't take my first negotiations course until I got uh, until I got into business school and got my MBA. And so I, I think for, for those two sets of skills, for example, um, and also uh, for skills like, you know, learning to deal with people from different cultures, I didn't really do a lot of that either until I, you know, left left college to, to go move over to Japan. And so it was a huge uh, shock for me. So the more exposure you can get to those types of skill sets and those types, types of experiences, the better. And the earlier you can do that, the better. Okay, great. You know, you mentioned the creative creativity thing, and I think, uh, you know, a lot of what I do is definitely that's important. Um, you know, I didn't choose a very technical uh, path. I was just never necessarily very good at math or science, so I figured I'd just go towards my strong suit. I'm just curious, like, with that said, kind of where the trajectory is in the economy and kind of advances in technology. You see a lot of outsourcing. Number one, well, you see a few things: outsourcing uh, of of you know more. Uh, and not necessarily the most technical tasks, like any really hard technical creative task, it's usually much harder to to outsource that stuff. But certain things like, of course, like the proliferation of like outsourcing to the Philippines and, and mm-hmm. India and stuff like that for maybe right. lower, lower skill type tasks and things like that. That's, I, that's I think, been pretty dramatic over the last 10 years from my perspective. Um, then we also it see has. automation and, and machine automation and stuff like that kind of replacing uh, the more manual type labor. So with those two trends... I'm just curious, like, how does that fit in? And then, in the context of like, as we look at how we how we look at mathematics or how we look at you know creative tasks, 
I guess I'm looking at that. I'm thinking, well, that's kind of, you know, generic to say, well, we want to, you know, we want to, you know, look at math or we want to encourage creativity. I'm just curious if, if there's anything where you can explain to me, like, or, or, or share with us how in, in the context of like the modern economy, like what are things that are there particular things, particular skill sets or particular things we should be aware of in that trajectory where that, that will be more applicable in the future than, than other things. Does that make sense? It's kind of a loaded question, but I'm yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's, well, it's, it's a loaded question, but it definitely makes sense. Okay. Uh, it really makes sense. So, um, you, you actually, you mentioned some of those, some of the examples. So you have the business process outsourcing to places like the Philippines, for example, and to India, for example, you know, for years and years now, we've had outsourcing of call centers to places like the Philippines, places like India, uh, places like, you know, places like Thailand, for example, um, and closer to home, more kind of domestic things. If you go into your grocery store, you have a lot less, uh, you know, uh, cashiers at the grocery store now because that's automated. So, so AI, artificial intelligence is really starting to come into play now. Um, you have a lot less bank tellers than you used to have, you know, cause you, you don't, you and I don't have the time, for example, you know, walk into the bank and make our deposits and, and withdrawals, et cetera. We go use the ATM and that's, you know, those ATMs have replaced, you know, thousands of bank tellers around the country. And that what, what really hit home to me, I was, I, I went to a talk that, that Martin Ford had, uh, he wrote, I believe it's called the rise of the machines. And he, he showed a picture of, of a machine that can basically unload a truck uh, I think it's like once, I think one box per second, essentially, at a clip of one box per second versus the fastest human that can do it at, I think, uh, one box per every six seconds. That particular job was my first job in college <laughs> um, 20 years ago. And so when I when I saw that and I saw that a machine had replaced basically what I was trying to do uh, 20 years ago and that they haven't, you know, put these machines all around yet, what that really... Uh, emphasizes and what I want to have everyone uh, uh, really kind of hit home with is that going forward, you're going to have to be very, very competitive at what you do, or you're going to potentially be crushed, um, or you're going to have, you know, you're going to have basically the dregs of opportunities available to you if you're not competitive and if you're not trying to really upgrade your skills and, and learn more and be at the top of your game, if you will. So, you know, going forward, as I say in the book, you really, there's a lot less room for people that are in the middle and that aren't, you know, that are just sort of so-so or average in their skills going forward. You're either going to be, you know, headed towards the top or you're going to be kind of at the bottom, if you will, because a lot of these uh, tasks, a lot of these more manual tasks or even kind of the, the, the higher level skill sets that are now being outsourced in the Philippines or, in, you know, or India, for example, those are not going to be available to higher wage workers in the United States or Europe. And there, there will come a point actually where even a lot of those jobs that are going to the Philippines or India, those may be, um, those may, may be taken over or, or replaced by artificial intelligence as well. And so if you're not being competitive and you're not being able to be in a place where you're a manager or you're, you're, you're highly specialized and you have a lot of technical ability, you may be in, in, in a world of trouble as you try to really, you know, find jobs that will pay you the type of wage you want to get paid. Yeah, certainly. So, okay. So now I want to talk a little bit about the book itself and kind of getting it out there. Um, you know, what was your experience like going through the the self-publishing route? And tell me a little bit about like kind of getting that book out there. Has it changed anything for you personally? Um, what has been your experience with with that process? I was 
basically finished with the book probably about three or so years ago, and it, it took me a while to kind of go, to go through some of the traditional publishers and and not you know find a, a good fit. And then I, I found a couple of hybrid publishers that uh, that I thought might be a good fit, but they were not going to be able to give me the type of uh, quick feedback that I wanted to get, and that I, that I was able to get through Kindle and through Amazon and CreateSpace. Mm-hmm. And so I, I decided to go ahead and uh, publish through the the CreateSpace platform. And um, I, I would love to have you know I guess a, a wider array of marketing choices, or you know maybe having mm-hmm. like one of the traditional publishers you know put in hundred thousand dollars or something to help me market the book. But on the on the back end of that, it has been very good to be able to see. Um, see, you know, on a daily basis, how my book is doing and, um, you know, who's buying it, where it's being bought and how it's being distributed. So I've, I've enjoyed the process and I've enjoyed the the process of starting to get it out there first locally, Mm. um, and and regionally. And and now I'm looking forward to getting out there nationally to, uh, to additional, um, additional people that, that need to be able to hear, hear the book and learn the concepts in the book. And so you're kind of building a platform around this, um, you know, tell me a little bit about how this factors into kind of what you're doing now and what your goals are going forward. I work as a, as chief operating officer for a, a, a staffing, an IT staffing firm um, here here locally. And probably about the last 15 years of my, my history, I, I figured out that I had been just connecting people to opportunities um, for free. And I, I just kind of naturally had been, you know, giving people information about how to live in Japan or how to go live in, in Spain or Brazil, but giving people information about opportunities that were available here in South Carolina or, you know, in other parts of the country. And so um, uh, this book has really kind of rounded out my experience and, and, and rounded out and, and helped me figure out what I really do uh, naturally anyways. And so um, as part of my platform, I want to be able to continue to get the message of the book out there, which is that, People do need to be uh, very competitive going forward, and they need to be strategic about how they build their skill sets going forward. And so th- this book has really helped me to, to to create a platform in which I can go do that. I love it, Ben. So do me a favor. Tell me where people can find you, where they can check out the book, um, and, and dig into this topic a little bit more. Uh, and again, I'm going to highly encourage anybody – um, with kids, I know I have the book and I don't have kids yet, but it's one of those things that I am very uh, cognizant of and, and very aware that I definitely want to make sure that they have that competitive edge. So I encourage anybody who's who has kids or, or just interested in the topic of how do we educate you know, students or just ourselves in a competitive environment to go check this book out. So where can people go find the book and find out more about you, Ben? So Tom, if they want to get access to the book, they can go to Amazon.com and it's available there in print version and also in Kindle version. Perfect. Okay, great. And then do you have a website uh, or anything where people can go find find out more about you and what you're working on? Absolutely. So it's 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 the globalsuperstar.com and they can find out more about my background and of course they have a link to the book as well. And I'll also be providing additional free resources going forward. Perfect. I love it. Well, Ben, thank you so much for being on In the Trenches. It was great hearing your background, kind of what you've been doing in, in this book, which I think is so important. So thank you so much for being on In the Trenches. Tom, it was my pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for listening to In the Trenches. 
Your creative work doesn't stop here. Join the resistance, the small but growing army of entrepreneurs and artists putting a dent in the world at www.tommorkis.com. Never fight alone. Join the resistance.